All right, who wants to make some money? Of course, everyone wants to make some money. And the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wall is with Drift Car Sharing. It's Denver's newest travel hack, and here's how it works. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at the Denver airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos and save on time and fees when you book. Or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right. Even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon your arrival. Get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR20 to receive 20% off. Drink deeply, live fully, boys. That's what they say at Strava Craft Coffee. And welcome in to the show. And guys, I want to start here. If I had my choice of any quarterback for the Broncos that was above 0% chance of the Broncos getting him next year, (laughs) I would 100% choose Tom Brady. Yes, I knew. I was hoping (laughs) you were going this way. And Mace, to be honest, I took it easy on you yesterday because (laughs) I thought you were going to be like the only person out there. Turns out everyone thought I was crazy for wanting Tom freaking Brady. And I, I woke up this morning and I said, did Mason and everyone know that we're talking about Tom Brady here? Thomas Jameson Brady. <laughs> That'd be a good middle name. Yeah, I don't know what his middle I name thought you were going to say his middle name was freaking, so. Oh, I mean, it might. Thomas be. F. Brady? Yes. That Thomas sounds, F. Brady. Sounds very that. presidential. It does actually sound very presidential, and he is the president of good quarterbacks. So Uh-oh. Mace is whipping out his computer to go along with the iPad. He's probably got some advanced stats to show me just how wrong that is. Okay, well... I talked to you yesterday, and I'll talk to Ryan today, about the fact that Tom Brady has been on a very gradual decline. And maybe in the big picture, you see, oh, the Patriots are still winning, so you don't notice it. It helps that their defense is the best of the Belichick era by far. So I decided to take Tom Brady's numbers and his decline, which has been steady over the last three and a half seasons, and say, what if that continues apace into 2020 and 2021? <laughs> and as I open up every Excel file here on my laptop, I can tell you that if his pace continues, let's say he plays 16 games next year, continues averaging about the same amount of attempts, 36.6. This would mean next year, he completes 63.9% of his passes. I'll take it. 6.7 yards per attempt. I'll take it. 18 touchdowns, 10 picks, 86.4 passer rating. 
50.6 ESPN QBR. Sign me up. <laughs> That's Joe Flacco number. No, it's not. Joe Flacco has six touchdowns to five interceptions. <laughs> Joe Flacco's got an 85.1 rating. Tom Brady would have an 86.1. In efficiency, that's Joe Flacco. In 2021, guys, it's down to Case Keenum in Denver type of numbers. What are you thinking? You're not getting the vintage Tom Brady if you sign him. You're going to get an average to below average quarterback if his decline continues. What what's the Patriots record right now? What's their defense look like? What do the Bron- what's the Broncos defense look like? Well, if you bring in Tom Brady, where's the money for Chris Harris Jr.? Who's your who's your quarterback? You can always one? open up money. Here's the You're thing. You're going to yes. kick the can. The You're going to keep we, kicking we the can down the Here's, road. Here's, let me just let me, let me yes. blah, blah, You guys you guys had go. your time. You let me go. just let me just chime in here. When's the last time the Broncos won the Super Bowl? 2015. And how good was the quarterback that year? Trash, unfortunately. So. And so why did the Broncos win the Super Bowl? Defense. And? Leadership from the quarterback. There you go. Yep. That's is what, he, that's, is he going to be that same kind of leader, that same kind of presence without Bill Belichick, without Josh McDaniels calling the plays? All yep, of a sudden, 100%. the greatest quarterback ta- of all time walks into the huddle. You listen. <laughs> and you're taking him out of the system and scheme that he's known the coaches that he's known all this time, and then you're going to drop him into the West Coast scheme. Isn't it just a risk that you have to be willing to take? 100%. And here's the thing. I'll with, take with that the, risk with Drew Brees, who's two years younger. I'll Same. take it with, with both of them. <laughs> I'm not he, taking he, with Tom Brady. Here's the thing with kicking the can down the road, like like Mace, you said, but also so many people said, we can't kick the can down the road. What are you doing? If, if you don't want to win – and winning is kicking the can down the road. Tom Brady gives you the best chance to win the Super Bowl next year. And, and Mace, you said it earlier. You want to win Super Bowls. And that's what Tom and Brady would allow you to do. What do you do after that? What are your chances after that? We've seen this team has completely botched okay. the post-Peyton so, Manning years. They're going to botch the post-Tom Brady years? Who cares? If you get a Super <laughs> yeah. Bowl okay, out That's of what it, I was going to say. Would you trade? That's a big if. Would you make the trade now? Super Bowl with Tom Brady for four <laughs> years of trash afterwards. Without a doubt. But you're scary. you're saying they're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm saying if you take Tom Brady right. out of New England, take him away from Belichick, away from McDaniels, away from that scheme, away from the comfort zone, he doesn't win a Super Bowl. Player. I also just want to add Tom Brady to the portfolio. It's like the Broncos, yeah, they've had John Elway, Peyton Manning, and yep. Tom Brady play. Like no one else can even come close to that. But yep. John Elway and Peyton Manning were former Colts. Tom Brady's never sniffed the Colts, at least. In, a, in their uniform. He's gone against them. That's true. So, big difference. Maybe if you're talking about quarterbacks to bring in, you should be talking about coaxing Andrew Luck out of retirement. That's, I'm okay in for that, that too. <laughs> I'm more okay with that than Tom Brady. Give me Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. That's the quarterback room. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. And speaking of good quarterback play, let's grade the Denver Broncos position groups. And let's start with that quarterback position. <sighs> well, you get uh, an A for Brandon Allen. <laughs> no, Again, I'm gonna you're give him on the curve. I'm gonna give him. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a B, a B for Brandon. Um, but that's only one game. You have eight of eight other seven other games. Eight eight other games of D minus play. So we're gonna average that out to a D. Yep, uh, a solid D. I'm giving Brandon Allen an A for Allen. Because what he did was tremendous. And yeah, I am grading on a curve for that. Absolutely. And Joe Flacco, D minus because 
Joe Flacco actually gets graded on an opposite curve. <laughs> right. Because expectations were from his boss were much, much higher. So he gets graded on a reverse curve and gets hit with a D minus. Well, I guess if I graded Joe Flacco on a curve of what I expected, it yep. would be a C because he was exactly what I expected yeah. because I thought he'd be the same guy he was in Baltimore the last four years, and he was. You didn't expect a touch better because of the scheme or anything like that? No. I think that's overrated a little bit. Uh, as I we've seen. I expected the 18 to 12, and he wasn't even that. You know what? I was having a conversation last night, and I had a realization like, we were almost a, like we were low on Joe Flacco on the offense during training camp, and we were still probably too easy on him. Like what we saw, like remember Case Keenum? What we saw in training camp was nothing like what we saw on the field, and it right. blew our minds. Because Case Keenum was trying to win practice every day. Joe Flacco, it was just the exact same thing. Like it was bad all training camp, and then it just went out and continued to be bad. We thought like we we were hard on them. We were really hard on the offense. Like, we killed them on yeah. Sunday. We killed them the first day against the, the 49ers. But even then, we, we just, like, we were almost like, well, if it was great last year and then bad, maybe it'll be bad <laughs> this year and then great. Like, that was the best thing we could grasp onto. But we knew early, like, there was nothing, there was no excitement from the offense ever in training camp. The other thing that was evident in training camp was that no matter who went against Garrett Bowles, they were making plays. Yep. yep. That, that's it, been that's Bowles been was getting destroyed in camp. So, my quarterback grades, I'm giving the entire room a D. So I think I, we all landed there, I'm right? giving yeah. Joe Flacco a D, and I'm giving Brandon Allen an I for incomplete. Okay. Not enough data. Okay, yeah. right, Ryan, enough. quick question, speaking of Joe Flacco. Do you want to back off the MVP and comeback player of the year <laughs> of the award right now? <laughs> I'm thinking comeback player of the year next year, okay. maybe. <laughs> That's what John's thinking, too. Funny you say that. I don't even remember how that started. <laughs> Do you? No, but I do remember you said he was going to be comeback player of the year back-to-back years. <laughs> yes, I remember I said that as well. Uh, it's still a chance, maybe. Let's go to some brighter grades, I think, and let's go behind Joe Flacco, running back. Let's throw Andy Janovich in there, too. Halfback group. Andy Janovich gets an A. Uh, he has been a beast. Yep. His and life is an A right now because he also got that contract extension, but he's so much in terms of light. proficiency for his position. Are there five, six players on the roster that are better than Andy Janovich? At their job, no. At their, exactly. Cow. He's tremendous. Wow. A for Andy. I thought you were going to say, are there five or six fullbacks better than him in the league? I was going to be like, there's not even five <laughs> or six you, other how fullbacks. How chick is hurt. I'm not sure yeah. there is a better fullback than Andy Janovich yeah, right now. He's a pro bowler. Yes. Probably. Yeah. And, and you saw the difference when he came in. Like, he stepped onto the field, and all of a sudden they started becoming a good running team again. Yeah. Watch that run that Philip Lindsay had the touchdown run on Sunday, and watch what he does, and watch what Dalton Reisner does, and even Deontay, Deontay Spencer. Deontay Spencer, that's what the I was The little say. guy getting at it, but we'll get to them later, but Andy Janovich gets an A. Little, guy, little guys Spencer? can do great things. Deontay Spencer earned himself a bunch more snaps on just that play. Like, if yeah. you can block, and you're a tiny guy, and you're fast, well, now you can do everything. You just got to be able to catch. We haven't really found out if he can do that yet on, you know, like – as on a at a good rate, but the the reason why a guy like that wouldn't be on the field is for a few reasons: can't block, so then it, you know it's a dead giveaway. Well, he showed he could block, uh, can't catch, we don't know, or can't doesn't know the playbook. I think he's a smart guy, so he should get more snaps. It could be just the Philip Lindsay concept of oh, this guy's small, we can't put him on the field that often. And speaking of Philip Lindsay, we have to upgrade those guys too. Uh, Philip, I'm gonna give him a B plus. Uh, because I don't feel like he's performing quite as well as he could. 
Is that uh, because of him or is that because of limited and use? And that's what I was going to say. There's like an asterisk on there. It's not really his fault. He should for sure be getting 15 touches or carries a game. Uh, he's not getting that. They're not involving him enough in the passing game. So it's not all his fault, but I still feel like on his 13, he's not at full fill yet. So I'm going to give him a B plus. I agree. To give an A, you have to take over many. Yeah, you have to take over the season. And that's why I'm going B plus, but I, I I really like that grade though. We didn't want to go individual, but it's really hard <laughs> to to do the groups without going individual. Yeah, okay, fine. So we'll do that. And I'm gonna give Philip Lindsay an A based on what he's doing with the snaps and opportunities that he has. Yeah, maybe it's not I'm being his too fault. Hard on him. It's not his fault that they're limiting him, so I'm not gonna downgrade him because of that. He's five yards a carry. I think maybe I'm being too hard on him. I, I and and like I said the other day, like if you give him nineteen carries, he's right there with Christian McCaffrey, who everyone thinks is the GOAT right, right now. So maybe he does deserve an A. But I get the whole thing of limiting him because you do want Philip Lindsay to be a contributor for the entire sixteen games and you want him to be Hopefully a stalwart player for you for eight to ten years. It's too and bad. This is, and that's what this is about, maximizing his long-term effectiveness. And hopefully in the next couple of years we're talking about the Broncos re-signing Philip Lindsay. I'm personally more about maximizing wins. And because they didn't do that by giving him the ball more in the beginning of the season, they are now at a point where having him for 16 games doesn't matter at all. In fact, I'd say just put him in bubble wrap and say, we'll see you next year, Phil. What it's, about Royce? So one is short-term thinking, but now you're going long-term thinking by sticking him in bubble wrap. Right, and the games don't, the <laughs> games don't matter anymore. Yep. They're playing exhibitions. Yep, shut him down. Yep. Royce, uh, the guy who they should elevate now. So I'm, um, I'm ne- I've never been as low on Royce as I am as we sit here today. Uh, I was pretty big on the pick when it happened. I went back and forth with Andre about his, his ability to be fast. Andre was right. I was wrong. He's not fast. Um <laughs> He his acceleration is below average, and he doesn't. He rarely does anything spectacular, so it's like you get three you're through three or four yards. But the problem is Phil, he'll have his two or one yard carries. Then he goes and gets 20, 30, 40, touchdown. Royce is pretty good at getting that four yard carry, but then. As happens to all backs, he gets the one or two yard carries, and it just makes the overall workload seem unimpressive. Personally, I think they should be looking to upgrade that position going forward. So, what's the grade? C minus. I was I was gonna go that route. I'm gonna go C for Royce, and uh, the reason I bump him up just to a C is because he has improved catching the ball out of the backfield. So that fair, that's fair, been fair. a positive, but. I can't disagree with you. Getting three yards per carry is what? It, what is his average, Mace? Do you have it there? Four point zero yards per carry, six point seven yards per reception, and in total, he's got uh, five hundred and fifty-five yards from scrimmage. So he's on pace for north of eleven hundred yards. So I'm giving him a solid B. Wow! Wow! Maybe Royce? Yes, in terms of yards from scrimmage, he's on pace for uh, let's see, three seventy-four times two. So that's uh, seventy-four uh, forty-eight. So that'd be a uh, I think uh, 748 yards rushing. He's on pace for 362 yards receiving. Wow, that's imp- the, I, maybe I, I didn't give enough enough credit for his receiving. Yeah, uh, I, he's I got, been I, really solid there. He had I think he has one drop. Yeah, so but, I'm giving Phil an A and Royce a B. I think that's fair. And when you're looking at problems on this team, the, the running back position isn't one of them. Here's my thing um, about Royce. Even though like 
maybe it's just because he's next to Phil and it just makes it hard to see. But I'm just I feel like if you did the exact same thing with Theo Riddick, he would be more effective. Right. But he wouldn't run the ball as effectively, perhaps. He's because he's it's strictly possible. a pass catcher right now. It's possible. The lack of explosion is just underwhelming. Yeah, it, it it is, and that's why you have Phil. All right, let's go to the outsides and talk about the wide receivers, Cortland Sutton. A plus, 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 plus. Yeah, I'm going A. My highest grade on the team, probably. I, I might come around to one later, um, but probably my highest grade on the team, especially versus the expectations. He, we We were like – cautiously optimistic you know we're just throwing out well if he takes that step forward you know that's like our whole conversation about Cortland Sutton right and no one was really that conf- at least I wasn't and I don't think you were that confident that it would actually happen not only has it happened it happened even greater than I thought it could um, I was on Broncos beat yesterday channel 20 check it out Mondays uh, 6:30, and Cecil Lammy was like steadfast top 10 receiver in the NFL now I don't know if I'm quite ready to go there and I and I honestly honestly haven't done my research enough to be able to say that but a a bona fide wide receiver one and that's impressive and that that that's absolutely what he's proved especially with Brandon Allen that's when when you put a backup in that's playing his first snap you need the guys around him to step up and he did so an A for me A for Cortland Sutton because the big question was are you a wide receiver one? That's what this was, this was all about. And now, the last couple of weeks with Emmanuel Sanders going down, you've seen him make the jump relative to where he was last year when he was the wide receiver one after Sanders' injury and the trade of DT. And he's been tremendous, so i got to give him an A. And that's all for the wide receivers, right? They don't have any other ones? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Deshaun Hamilton's probably a, a D. Yep. At best. Yeah, I mean, what, Deontay Spencer. what brings him up from yeah. an F? Uh, he the most notable thing he's done is drop that pass in Oakland, and then he just hasn't been around. I think he had a block somewhere once. Yeah. Yep. What brings him up from an F is I think the standard for F we're going to get to. Uh, that's left true. That's here true. He's not minute. negatively impacting the team. Right. Consistently so, negatively impacting the team. Right. Yeah, the, the drop in Oakland might have cost them a whole win. But Is there another receiver we need to talk Deontay about? Deontay Spencer. We can get it. to him in special teams as well. That but is, that's a problem. Yeah. That's that a big two receivers. And honestly, one of them problem. doesn't even – he only is getting <laughs> well, a grade because he was drafted. You're, gra- you're grading only two receivers because one of your top three now plays for the 49ers. So. Right, but last season we would have been grading Tim Patrick as well. We would have been grading – you know, there was a point in la- last year where you, you said they just have too many wide receivers, remember? It was like yep. DT, Emmanuel, Cortland, Deshaun, Tim Patrick, Jordan Taylor. Was it like you're, you're like – it's, I mean, and Deshaun was injured for a while, and DT got traded. So eventually, you know, you basically turned that room from one where you had a surplus into one where you had a deficit. I mean, it's true. It's Cortland Sutton end list. Yep, that Deshaun's only getting a grade because people know his name. But here's the thing: if you found your wide receiver one, it's easier to then find the complementary receivers. You're going to find out the rest of the season if Tim Patrick can be one of those guys, if Deshaun Hamilton can reverse the trend and be one of those guys but if you can't find that then you don't have to take a wide receiver high it's a great draft for wide receivers there's a lot of depth there you can find answers for the questions you have in the third and fourth rounds with that depth of picks that you have now based on the trades that you've made now let's move inside where I think we're going to have the exact same conversation tight ends Noah Fant 
Endless. Exactly. Endless. What's the grade? Uh, Noah Fant gets a a B minus for me. It would have been a C last week, but after that, he bumped himself into the B category. Um, and and a lot of that is I'm projecting a little bit and saying, okay, maybe he's found his footing. Uh, he's going to succeed. And I think Brandon Allen actually helps him, which is so weird because we talked about Joe Flacco being a tight ends guy. He didn't really target the tight ends much. Um, so Noah Fant gets a B for me with, I think there's a decent chance by the end of the season, we're calling him an a minus season. Yeah. For me, it's a B. He had a tremendous play. Look what a 75 yard touchdown will do when you catch a routine pass and you break three tackles, take it to the house. That does a lot. And then you, you look at that combined with everything else he's done. He's on pace for a great rookie season, but you can't give him the a because he has struggled, which is expected for a rookie, uh, but but I'm not grading him on curve because he's a, a first-round pick, so a, a solid B for me. It's a B, and I want to see more from him as a blocker in, in space. I'm not talking about being you know, the inline blocker taking on the outside linebacker. I never want to see him facing a Khalil Mack again like we saw in Week 2, but there was an opportunity to get Cortland Sutton some more yards on a play last week in the fourth quarter, and uh, he didn't exactly finish the block as you would hope he would. So he's got to become a little more aware there. But as a pass catcher, he's on pace for one of the better rookie seasons that we've seen in the course of NFL history. The first season with 40 catches, 500-plus yards, 13 yards per catch for a rookie since Rob Gronkowski, if he maintains that pace. With, so. no- with Noah, you just got to stay away from the arc. <laughs> wow. The other thing with Noah Fant, I think it's in two-thirds of the games this year, he's had at least one catch of 15 or more yards. So he's making a key play, an explosive play, almost every time he goes out there. Here's an idea. Target him in the red zone. Novel, Crazy. novel, novel well, idea. You don't, hey, you don't have to target him in the red zone if you don't have to make any plays in the red zone, kind of like Because you threw week. it to Cortland Sutton <laughs> when you crossed the 35. Yes, or the 40. All right, let's go even deeper inside and this is going to be so you don't I, want a great jeff hireman i mean he, had, I don't he is want technically to, no. a first teamer <laughs> no, i don't want to i, I uh, gotta say c minus for jeff oh hireman. my god he's that's generous <laughs> he's had some good blocks okay that's why i'm giving it to him the c minus. so as a as a room we're giving them a c yeah which is what they deserve. yes yep yep all right inside let's go right to left oh okay. i see what you did there <laughs> You're, you're saying you want to start with the good part or the bad part? I don't even know if we're – what are we starting at right tackle? Juwan James gets an I, not for incomplete, but for injured. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. He's played a whopping 32, 32. snaps. 32. And on top, it's got to be an F because his coaches have called him out publicly just time after time saying, yeah, he's ready. He's medically cleared. But I guess Vic has – taking a little bit of heat off saying, you know, we want to make sure he's ready too, but it just seems like he's ready to go and just keeps pushing it back. What I think is interesting on that side of the line is that you have Juwan James, who, you know, maybe could have been back, but hasn't uh, been back very much. And then you have Ron Leary, who's come back from all manner of injuries and is playing through pain and he's going out there and he's been in all nine games so far. Yep. And he's no longer the most penalized player on the line. Um, and so I guess that brings us to Ron Leary. Um, How about Elijah Wilkinson? Are we grading him? Oh, right. Elijah Wilkinson. C? C minus. He is who he is. He's a swing backup. Yeah. And he can come in. He's the in best in tackle on the team right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, that's a problem, <laughs> which is why you need to fortify tackle in the offseason. Although, for 2020, 
the first choice is going to be Jawan James. That contract dictates it, and you're just hoping that his history of being healthy every other year in his career means that he's going to be healthy for the 2020 season. Maybe get him some HGH or something like that. <laughs> Worry about the suspension yeah, later. Yeah, you know. well, what you do is you can get out of that contract after 2020, so you just want to get through the 2020 season, and then you can cut him and someone else can assume that by your Yeah, theory. exactly. You give it to him so that he voids his contract. Oh, that works too. That, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I always say, like, I hope CU one day has a national championship vacated because you got to win a national championship to have one vacated. <laughs> this is yeah. the Melky Cabrera theory, right? His career was struggling, and then he you know, did all sorts of illicit uh, – substances and he ends up being all-star game mvp playing for the giants getting a huge contract (laughs) and then he gets suspended but i don't think guaranteed money exactly (laughs) he he laughed all the way to the bank on this and probably added about seven years to his career honestly because of it he milked that for all it was worth (laughs) yes he did (laughs) Uh by the way melky cabrera of all the atlanta braves because he played one year there and he was terrible and he was fat i know that's ironic me saying that but he's an athlete i'm not my least favorite Atlanta Brave ever. Wow. Ooh. Cannot wow. stand him. Speaking of least favorite. No. <laughs> we're, not, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. Uh, center, Connor McGovern. Wait, did you finish your grades? Wait, did we grade Leary? No. Okay. Uh, Leary gets a um, a. I'm going to give him a C- minus because I'm giving him a, a, a curve for being hurt and playing through it. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C plus okay. for making it through. I'm going to split the difference and say C because you don't like the holding penalties. Oh, God, he has yeah. had – they've been a problem, but you've had some good blocks from him, and the fact that he's been out there and has prevented you from having to go deeper yeah. into your already thin bench, uh, there's something to be said he's for that. So sa- a C. Yeah. He's saving you from having to play Austin Schlotman. Yeah, sorry, though. Wait, you don't want to give him a Schlotman? No. 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 Teacher corrections really quick. Going D-plus for Ron Leary. I, I just forget about how much he struggled with penalties because of the guy on the left side. He has struggled so much. But and he's hurt. He's, like, your, he's just like he's out there the other thing is, trying to stay above you, water. Usually the teacher corrections improve the student's yeah, no, grade, and no. all of a sudden the student gets the correction. Like, what? I went from a C- minus to a D plus? What's wrong with me? What do you do? The teacher hands in the paper. He's like, oh, all right, C+. Plus. And she's like, actually, no. Uh, D, D plus. And, and I thought I was the tough grader in here dad gum man all right center connor mcgovern i am going to give him a a i'm gonna give him an a minus um expectations were low we didn't even think he could snap the ball and he i think he's only had one bad snap this season which is actually what he was averaging per practice so that's impressive um maybe he's a gamer what how many times have you said Connor McGovern did something bad this year. I can't think of any. That's what you want from an offensive lineman. So he's played well, and I think he has made it. I know, Mace, you love your boy out in Wisconsin. I think Connor McGovern has taken center off of the list of needs. I'm still inclined to move Connor McGovern to right guard for 2020 and get Tyler Biotish at center if you can. By the way, um, as good as he is at, at center, I think he's still has a higher ceiling in this scheme at right guard. And I look at that potential interior trio of Dalton Reisner, Biotish, and Connor McGovern. And I think by the end of 2020, if you have those three, you've got an interior trio that could be the best in football. So grade, so, grade. What's a I'm giving grade? Connor McGovern a B. I think yeah. he's had a real, good season. Real quick, uh, on your boy, 
someone put out their top 100 list. I think it was Brugler, Dane, yeah. and uh, he had him at 70. So it might be a second might round pick. Might be a second Ooh. round pick. I've seen him anywhere from about 25 to 70, depending on the rankings. I saw, I think Draft Network had him at 31. So he may be the kind of guy that you're talking about bumping back into the end of round one for and maybe sacrificing one of those third round picks, but then you get him on the fifth year option. And then remember, you may only have one more chance at this fifth-year option with guys, depending on how the CBA goes in 2021. Oh, worth it. Worth it. To me, B-plus for Conor McGovern. He's been the complete opposite of what we expected. We thought we were going to be saying his name all the time. Haven't said his name at all this year. All right, let's go to the bright spot before going to the darkest of dark places. A-plus. A-plus. I'm giving Dalton Reiser an A-plus. Zach, I'll never forget the moment you said that by the end of the year – Dalton Reisner is going to be the Broncos' best offensive lineman. It didn't even take until the end of training camp yeah. for him to be the Broncos' best offensive lineman. Uh, he has been a huge bright spot. He is literally a human bright spot. Like He just <laughs> brightens up everything that ever happens. Um, he's He has a touchdown by carrying <laughs> Philip Lindsay into the end zone. He... He's Mr. Colorado. Is, I mean, he, he gets a bump from me for sure for being a Colorado native. He was wearing jorts after the game the other day, <laughs> cut off jorts, which also gives a boost for me. He's just – he's a massive piece of the core of the Denver Broncos for the for the, uh, for the future. He's, Barring injury, he's here for the next 10 years. Oh, without a doubt. He's not only their best player on the field – He's doing wonders inside that room. Look, you have coaches and players saying, yeah, Garrett Bowles really leaning on Dalton Reisner for his play, for his intelligence. It's like, this is and, incredible. And by the way, let's, that's let's, being spun in a positive way. That's not. Because Behind I, closed doors, people are saying Garrett Bowles is pretty much asking Dalton Reisner what to do. You, are, you literally brought in a rookie to help a veteran. Get up to speed. My head's starting to hurt. Mentally. <laughs> I've never seen that in all my years around this game, guys. Never. And that's just where Garrett Bowles is. We're going to get to Garrett Bowles in a second. I wish that Dalton Reisner would Joe Flacco would be to Joe, uh, would be to Garrett Bowles as Joe Flacco is to Drew Locke. Like, he pulls the, <laughs> like, look, I'm not here to help this guy out. All right. That's not my job. I'm just trying to block guys. I'm just imagining what Garrett, what, uh, what Dalton Reisner can do with a, solid to good left tackle I'm whether it's somebody you take early in the draft if uh, you don't have to look at other positions there with a likely top 10 pick or if you're going in free agency you're bringing in an Anthony Costanzo for example what he could do with someone like that next to him yep man I mean the left flank could be one of the best in football so nice is he Tristan Wirfs or one of those guys like if he can help Garrett Bowles how much is he gonna help a guy who can actually play and is coming in as a rookie. Nice. Is he getting three A pluses? I don't really give A pluses. I'm giving him an A. Oh, you are the stingy teacher. You are uh, the stingy grader. Yep. All um, right, let's do it. Move um, to the left. Actually, you know what? I have one A plus, but it's coming on defense. Okay. Okay. Left tackle. Well, I'm giving him a G. <laughs> because for, it's lower than F. And it, yeah, G for Garrett, <laughs> and it's one lower than. I mean. We thought, oh, the Munchak bump. We thought the third year bump. I mean, we came up with any possible way to say this guy is going to play better this year. And I I almost lost it before the podcast because Mace pointed out he's already matched his career high in holds. We are halfway through the season. He's been a colossal failure in 
any way you want to look at it, and the the lows have gotten lower, the highs haven't gotten higher. It's, have you noticed that he's worse at home than on the road too? Because he's probably just waiting to hear the booze. Exactly. Right the, the, there's a home field disadvantage. I've talked about this with Atlanta sports. I'll talk about with Garrett Bowles. Something goes wrong, it gets in your head. And the visceral reaction of Broncos fans, understandable at this point, when they hear number 72 is to boo. I'm trying to think of any player who got more consistent boos. You're booing him like you boo Phillip Rivers. You're booing him like an opponent. Yeah, like uh, at the Nuggets games, when they want the crowd to boo, they put a picture of Tom Brady up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they would get loud. They would be louder if they put. Remember balls. that oh, era yeah. when yep. every when Kobe Bryant came in, every time he touched the ball, he got booed after yep. uh, his incident. Yep. Up in the mountains. Yep. I'm going an H for Garrett Bowles, not only for holding, but it's two less than an F, <laughs> one less than a G, and uh, boy. Guys, not only does he has he already matched his career high in holding or surpassed that, he leads his ten holding penalties leads the league in any penalties for any player. Like no, he has more holdings than any other player has anything. Exactly, all the, combined. Penalties, and then you just toss in an extra false start that he has in there. This is colossally bad. I remember through the first two or three games of the season, he was on pace for forty penalties that would have set records like crazy. And, you know, you say that and joking because you know it's not going to happen. He's on pace for 20 penalties. That is insane because we're nine games through the season now. So that's realistic that he hits 20. Well, I'm trying to think where I go because you guys went G and H, and I'm going to go I as in I can't watch this guy anymore. <laughs> I want to see somebody else. How bad can Jake Rogers be? I'm normally the person that says that's the worst <laughs> sentence in sports. I'm willing to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and if Jawan James Actually, can get healthy, be... get Elijah Wilkinson over to left tackle. Let's just end. Let's just end this. It's sunk cost at this point. You have half a season left. I I I can say with confidence that I don't think uh, Jake Rogers would get as many penalties. Well, I, I don't oh, think he has many yeah. penalties, and I don't think you'd have any more chance of getting your quarterback killed because Garrett Bowles nearly did that on the pass to Noah Fant. Yeah, like sometimes mm -hmm. when things are so bad, you say like. All the good things are happening in spite of this person. Like, the Broncos scored a 75-yard touchdown, maybe the best play of the season. And it was literally in spite of Garrett Bowles, who the TV camera had an incredible view where he's just watching. Just watching. Uh, who was it? I don't Olivier know. Vernon. Yeah, he's just yeah. watching Olivier Vernon. He's not even close enough to hold him. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> he is facing – he's looking at Brandon Allen. His back is to the field of play, yep. and he's just watching Olivier Vernon go to hit the quarterback. And, like, Brandon Allen stood in there admirably, made a great throw, but, like, they scored a 75-yard touchdown in spite of Garrett Bowles. That's how they have to operate at this and point. And the other thing is I'm not sure I'm the only one who can't watch this, this guy. I think there's a lot of guys in the locker room that can't watch Garrett Bowles anymore and are wondering – what does this guy have to do to lose his job? And that's and why that causes a problem in the locker room. That's why I think you may get a boost bringing in Jake Rogers, even if he's not a better Accountability. player. Accountability, right? Exactly. And it's not just the guys in the offensive line room. Everyone on the team would say, "Okay, finally," and and, and buy in just a little bit more. All right, All right guys. we have to make a programming decision here. We go into the defense, or should we save the defense for next week? Well, remember, we're going to be doing this pod on Monday before there's any availability. So we're not going to know if Drew Locke right, is so, practicing yeah, so or anything we, like that. So let's do this on Monday morning. We'll go to – because that was a whole segment right there <laughs> on the offense. Let's We'll go to the, the defense 
on Monday morning. So, right now, Zach, you want to tell us about the uh, the party going on at Breck this weekend? Oh, man. Breck is partnering with Never Summer for their opening day at Punchbowl Social this Saturday, November 9th, at from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., and they're celebrating that winter is here and that the snow is in the air. They're going to have so many cool things. They're going to have live bands. They're going to have karaoke. They're going to have chances to win an epic pass, chances to win snowboards. And the best part, Breckenridge Brewery is going to be flowing from 6 to 11 p.m. Do you think they're going to have one of those ice luge things, but for beer? Just pour beer down it and you just open your mouth and it just... There's one problem Wait, with this that. Is a suck- this is a thing? You never had oh, yeah. an ice luge shot? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Come on, Mace. <laughs> no, I haven't. This probably came into being after I went through college. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, there's a, a giant block of ice. It's with like, like a, it's huge. With like a luge like that's like this big. See, you I'm just put your mouth at the bottom of it. They pour a shot down it. By the time it gets to you, it's nice and chilled. I'm thinking of it Dr. Evil. Luge lessons. You got to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Summers in Rangoon. Luge lessons. The problem with I a, do a that, beer though. luge is I do a cider people, luge. Just, people just would never leave. True. Or the other problem is you might choke to death <laughs> trying to just drink it as it comes down. Is this the like the next step beyond the funnel? Beyond the maybe they could make the a flabongo out of ice. Oh wow, that'd be cold on the hands. Yeah, you get some. You you hold that. it with like whole cans, <laughs> Breck whole cans. Um, I, I I said this on TDSP yesterday. It didn't play very well, but I'm gonna test it out here. Shouldn't they call it Snopening Day party? Oh yeah. See, I think they this should. is why I, this is why I keep Zach around. He likes my jokes. Uh, and the other thing you gotta do before you head down to the Never Summer opening party is hit up. The Green Solution. They have 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. I just got a call. Uh, get on your phone right now. Go to mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, your concentrates, your edibles, and topicals online. Head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's a pretty good day you got set up there, I'm just going to say. And it's a Saturday. You don't have to worry about a Broncos game the following day. Yeah, you are set. Speaking of pretty good days, Brandon Allen has had one, and that's why... The question of the week presented by Sports Column was, how confident are you in Mr. Brandon Allen? The Brandon Allen thing that's going on right now is pretty odd. Um, there's like a lot of people who who are it, – it's actually – so Drew Locke almost got like Paxton Lynch treatment of like people really wanting to like hold their self back. Well, Brandon Allen is now getting the Trevor Simeon treatment. Yep. People are like hating on this guy. Like they're like mad um, because other people are, are like liking him, you right. know. It's like we had our like fun debate about magnificent, but there's people who are like, oh, like really fired up about this, and they're like, no, he can't be good. So I'm interested to see what the results are here because there's an, an- there's already like an anti Brandon Allen camp. I right. think it just depends how deeply you look into that game. You look on the surface, you see oh, 24 19, you know, a couple of touchdown passes. And it feels good. Feels magnificent. But then you look closer. You look at some of the jittery uh, moments he had in the pocket. You look at uh, the placement on some of the throws. I mean, he he missed some guys, and he got bailed out by Noah Fant once. He got bailed out by Cortland Sutton once. So sounds like a guy making his first career start. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think this maybe is just a a, a glass is half full, glass is half empty. All I want. Type thing. All I want from the fan base is just. Give the guy a chance. 
There's no harm in just saying, let's see what he does next week. Right, and Mace, I think this response is kind of exactly what you were saying about being half full, half empty. Coming in from Dom, he says, okay, but I'd rather see this guy. And it is just a very dope gif of Drew Locke looking dope as can be. There's so many dope gifts of Drew Locke. (laughs) You can't can't not be dope if there's that. (laughs) Paxton Lynch had one gif, and it was the worst thing ever. Do you want to reenact it for us since we're on uh, camera right no, now? No, I'm not. Don't doing reenact it. Do you that. want to? <laughs> Which one? The Drew Locke or the Paxton Lynch? The Paxton Lynch. Hell no. <laughs> Let's go to this. A oh, similar man. Sen- I really yeah. want to see Mace dad. <laughs> no. Similar sentiment from Ryan Clayman. 65%, but I still want to see Drew Locke play. Yep. Uh, Anna says, I'm confident he's a nice guy and maybe a viable backup. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Baird says, you know, you aren't an electrician, but you think something, but you are doing something electric, electrical. Wow, this is tough. And you think you turned off the right breaker, but you walk back into the room, lights off, but still think as soon as you touch the wires, you might die. That's how I feel about Brandon. Let me tell you this. If you have an experience like that, just call Piper Electric. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Texas Bronco, 7.3% Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton inflated his numbers like a Macy's Thanksgiving balloon with the dropped batted ball and Sutton's touchdown. He could have very easily been one touchdown, two picks. And John Elway, if he didn't sign Peyton Manning, <laughs> would be a terrible GM. <laughs> Next one coming in from Ripple Stillskin. Certainly more confident in him than Flacco. Allen is good and likable, but he will leave us wanting for more elite athleticism. It's time to see what Drew Locke has. I'm going to mess this up, but I'm, I, if, if anyone's going to mess it up, I want it to be me. From <laughs> Sanjivan? Boom. Sanjivan. Sanjivan. Uh, yeah, you probably got to get the, French? San, the E sound French? in there. Yeah, because it's two E's there. I think yeah. it's Sanjivan. Um, sorry if we messed that up. Not confident. Browns are a mess of a team. It's no surprise he did decent about them. With tape on him, there's no way he's going to put up some of these numbers against Minnesota and Buffalo. Hashtag free Drew Locke. There's just no telling until we see it. That's that's my take. <laughs> there's no telling, but the likelihood. There's no telling, the but there's The most likely seeing. outcome of the next two games, guys, is that reality is going to slap him like a snowball across the face, which you might get in Buffalo, by the way, because they will throw snowballs and ice balls from the stands. They also throw dildos. <laughs> That's a real thing. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but only against the Patriots, right? No, no. They did it against somebody else? They did it against the Broncos last time they were there. So, and Shane Ray was, like, really <laughs> in- interested in it. He was watch. like, I watched a whole thing about they call, they're called the dildo bros. <laughs> Just oh. watch out when you get into the end zone. Oh, man. From Rachel Blackford. He could be a good backup to, quote, the guy. All right, Mace, what are you going to do if he has over 100 passer rating against the Minnesota Vikings? I'm going to say, okay, you probably got to keep him uh, out there. Depend- but it also depends on the result. I mean, if, if he has over 100 passer rating, but a lot of it is in garbage time, for example. Let's say you fall behind 27 to 3, and he has a touchdown or two late, and he gooses up the rating, but... It's all in garbage time. That's gonna play a factor as well. Let's say if he goes legit. over if he goes over hundred passer rating, you reenact the Paxton Lynch gift. No. Come on. No. I was gonna start easy. I was gonna say you use the M word. What's that? Magnificent. Oh yes. <laughs> I okay, fine. <laughs> if he has over a passer rating, but it is not bumped up by garbage time. So it's gotta be 100 so in a hundred passer rating. In a in a win or a or game a where you're competitive game. from start to finish. How about right. this? If they go two and zero in the next two games, we get a Paxton Lynch dab from Mace. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. We got it. 
<laughs> you have to feel – I mean, you feel really confident that that's not going to happen. So it's a bet you should be willing to make. Now we're in the Broncos. Uh, we you know the what? The last time I had a bet like this, I ended up having to wear a set of Texas Longhorns atop my head in the ESPN cafeteria 18 years ago. So I swore off bets <laughs> like this. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got a tattoo somewhere or something. No, I have a – I'm not doing anything that I don't have to do with needles. Yeah, that that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the question of the week presented by Sports Column. Make sure you head down to Sports Column and get in on some of those wings. They're so good. Such good wings. And you can shoot hoops there. What more could you want? Wings and hoops. <laughs> All right, first one coming in from T-Dubs. RK, I agree that Brandon Allen has the look of a quarterback, but I thought you of all people would bring up that number two is a terrible jersey number. He's so right. Something's got to be done about You don't that. like Matt Ryan? No, no. What's no, wrong with no. number two on him? <laughs> it looks bad. He's not – It's no one – you can't come up with one baller who wore number two. Matt Ryan looks floppy in number two. I mean, he's just a floppy-looking <laughs> kind of guy. I mean, what's Derek Jeter? We're not talking about baseball. We're talking about football. Also, Derek Jeter is criminally overrated. Uh, anyways. <laughs> oh, well, are, what, are we on this old Derek Jeter-Larry Walker discussion, even though they're different positions? Yes, but even then, I mean, Derek Jeter not There's even room in the Hall of Fame for both of them, you know. There is. But, I mean, he probably deserves to get in, and he will, but he's still criminally overrated. Um, anyways. Moses Malone? A, number two is a bad number. Yeah, especially in football and especially for a quarterback. And I was giving Brandon Allen a pass for that. He's a late addition to the roster. He didn't have much to work with. Uh, I'm sure like he could have had nine from Kevin Hogan, but that was already uh. cursed by Kevin Hogan. So I'm giving him a little bit of a pass here because it's like a preseason third string quarterback number, which is what he was. It's also you, a kicker number. Yep. Are you at the point of asking John to give him number seven? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right where I am. Right wow. Okay. Bring seven out of retirement. <laughs> I mean, you you're got gonna, like you're come on, me John. Here. Frank Trapuca did it for Peyton. <laughs> this is a one to one comparison. <laughs> Contrary to what RK would say, this is from Count Locula. Number two would be a sweet jersey number if it were O two, which it is certainly technically would not. allowed. When will someone have the stones to throw that zero in front of their digit? And more importantly. When will our long quarterback nightmare be over? Love the count. And speaking of 02 Mace, 2002 Broncos schedule, week one to 16, <laughs> go. St. Louis Rams at home Are you at the San Francisco kidding? 49ers. Um, Buffalo Bills at home. Oh, I went to that game. Chargers at home at the Ravens. Zach's scrambling to try and get here. Slow down a little until he gets this. All right, so we're to the Ravens game. We're giving Mace extra okay. time. Here. Actually, I think okay. I might have uh, got. I might have transposed. I think actually the Ravens game. Wait, was let's a, start, let's start week one. Let's start. Uh, start St. Louis, San Francisco, bing, bing. Uh, at San Francisco, uh, Buffalo at home. Yep. At the Ravens. Yep. San Diego at home. <laughs> yep. Uh, San Diego. He even got that. Okay, this is where it gets tricky here. I could probably make the next. Give him a clue. Oh. Miami at home, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. At Kansas City. <laughs> yep. At New England. Yep. Bye. Oh, my gosh. He knew the bye <laughs> week? Well, I remember that because Tom Ruin got cut at the bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And they brought in Micah Nord to replace him. Yep. Okay. Oakland at home. Yep. Shannon Sharp got hurt. Bill Romanesque kind of drove him into the ground. Oh, I remember mm -hmm. that. Um. Is that Monday Night Football? Yes, got blasted. Hey, it was like see, 34 I, I to 10. <laughs> Seattle on the road. Yep. 
Indianapolis at home Sunday night football. <laughs> yeah. What are we? What week are we in? We're week thirteen. He's going on week thirteen. At San Diego. Yep. Um. Ooh, this is where it gets tricky. Week here. fourteen. Stumped the maze. You could work backwards. At the Jets. Yep. Chiefs at home. Yep. Home stretch. At the Raiders. Oh my God. At home. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, this is a. Yeah, sorry. Allie is freaking out over there. I mean, how could we not get excited over that? We're gonna have to do this every day. I, Just pick a random schedule. But see, how, he's gonna start studying for it. How far can we go back? O two is where I'm really good on. O two and beyond because that's when I first came here. Okay. So you get back before O two, it gets really dicey. All right. We'll, like we'll I could, stay. We'll I could tell you Tampa Bay from like oh my god eighty two to O one like that, but. I remember I saw this like 60 minutes thing once about this guy who could tell you like everything he did on any given day in his life. And I feel like you're pretty close <laughs> to that. Like he could even tell you like the score of the Yankees game, who was the starting pitcher. Like it was crazy. I couldn't get to that level. And, but, and it wasn't based uh, on like right. the season. He would, They'd would be like um, May 2nd, 1973. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, I woke up. Uh, I had coffee. We actually ran out of milk that day. I I'm, I'm not at that there. level. I am, I am nowhere close to that level. But football game days do tend to jump out. I mean, I can tell you, I, I probably have a distinct single memory, like a visual or whatever, from every football game I've been to. And by the way, guys, the Minnesota game will be the 500th NFL game I've ever gone to. Oh, in man. That's wow. That giving is a round of too applause cool. That. 500. <laughs> Wow! Think of I, that just blows my mind that I've spent that many days at NFL games, either as a fan or pro- since 1999 professional. All right, I want a story from each and every one no, of those stop, games. Stop. <laughs> that could be a podcast series alone, the Mace 500. Although we'll keep adding to it over the time, like just one podcast on every game. Well, let's talk about the Bucks Bengals preseason game, 1987. Well, that was the game where Vinny Testaverde made his professional debut, nearly brought the Bucks back from a three touchdown deficit. They lost by one point because they missed a PAT on one of the touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Wow. Ryan, I got to test your memory really quick. <laughs> what was the score of the Broncos game on Sunday? 24-19. <laughs> okay. Look at you. Yeah, I'm, I pretty much call you Mace now. I am. Yep. What was, okay, what was the score oh, of God. the Green Bay game week three. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll do much better on well, that. Well, it tells you what's in your heart. You know the oh, Bucks. Uh, mm, Green Bay. Yeah, twenty-seven. Okay, halfway there. Twenty-seven, thirteen. Ah, sixteen. Oh, <laughs> Close though. Close. I was. I was uh, too easy on him. <laughs> All right, let's move on here to Love Thunder Down Under. Yep. Is that the next one? Yes. <laughs> Continuation of the line of questioning from yesterday. Is it the right decision to trade major draft capital for a quarterback when you have Drew Locke? The trade needs to be assessed on the difference between the unknown of Drew and the unknown of Joe Burrow or other. In quant terms, is that a real thing? Yeah, I think you're, it's like d- high-level mm-hmm. math. Yeah. Okay, okay. You're trading for the Delta. And your trade value is based on how different the prospects are and your level of surety, I don't know if that's actually a word, that your perceived delta becomes reality. The arguments, the argument is not, does Joe look like a better prospect than Drew, but is the perceived difference worth the extreme value you have to give up? You worry about dead money on the cap, 
What about when you miss on the quarterback you traded up to get? What does that do to your ability to put bullets in the gun? Your decision seems to be on the line of you trade up and get the guy. The guy is too often not the guy. For every Mahomes, there are 100 Trubiskys. I'm putting in a request for a future pod. Argue out, debate style. What's the right choice? Backing your uncertainty of Drew and using your picks elsewhere. We're going all in on a trade up to get the guy. And this part I don't understand. Zach versus Mace. RK can take score. Because I'm this is based on RK. yesterday. Score That's keeper. why. It's, it's, it was part of our debate yesterday because I suggested that I'd be willing to trade three future ones to move up and get Joe Burrow. And I didn't Ooh. disagree. Ooh. If he's the guy. I, he's saying it for Joe Burrow. I'm just well, saying if he's the no guy. Well, there are no certainties. Especially no, not if, I mean, if, he's, if he's your guy. So, like, okay. Mace. He's Mace's guy. You go, if that's if John's you, guy, too. If you believe so much in that guy, it, part of it is it's the nature of the quarterback position. Another thing to consider is that let's say you do have a quote-unquote competition what if you have a surplus? What can you get in trade value for the surplus? That comes into play as well. The ideal situation, if you go, let's say you hypothetically move up and get Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Drew Locke both look good next summer, but Burrow wins the job. But you can at least get back your initial draft investment in Drew Locke. If the Broncos draft Joe Burrow and they don't instantly come out and say we're going to change the offense and use it to his strengths, I'm going to smash my head into but a wall. But they're not doing it for a. They may not do it for Drew Locke, and Drew Locke's strengths are shotgun spread. So here's a question in, in this debate that we had yesterday. Absolutely, by the way. You're right. But uh, they've already done it. Yeah, they're, they're down the road. They're not going back unless they make more massive changes, which you're not going to see unless they, they've lose, already, unless they lose seven games in a row here to close this out. And, I, already, and they're not going to. Their defense is too good. They've already wasted enough of Drew Locke's time trying to teach him to do 15-word play calls. Ryan, if the Broncos draft a quarterback in the top – Five, because that's where I think you need to be to get Joe Burrow or a top guy. Should Drew Locke be on the roster next year? It depends on what the trade value would be, um, but I'd say yes because you should make them battle it out. Nope, nope. I that's what Mace thinks too. I don't think so at all. And the reason is, I see what you're, if you're using a top five pick on him. He's, he's the guy. Be your guy. And Mace, I'm using the competi- the quote unquote competition as part of learning what these guys are under pressure. Here's what's going to happen. It's educational if you use it right. They're going to be at six, and they're going to have zero mock drafts where Joe Burrow <laughs> falls to them. And then he's going to fall to them, and they're just going to say, uh, I mean, we didn't do any research. We didn't even talk to him at the Whoa. combine. <laughs> you know what? I th- <laughs> but we Mr. Krabs memed our way into this pick. Here's the thing. I think back on that. Oh, there were no mock drafts that had Bradley Chubb falling to us. You're doing your mock like, drafts wrong if you had none of them with Mace, Bradley Chubb falling to How many to different five. combinations of one through five are there? <laughs> let's see uh, one and two. <laughs> what would be let's say, let's see. He's doing the delta right now. Well, no, because well, like let's you, say not all players are possible picks. You know, like right, you go like right. the top ten are the right. possible top five or something. Well, like it would basically be exponential, right? Because you have one possibility with one. You have two possibilities. Shouldn't there be an, a, a program that you just you press a button <laughs> and it gives you all the possible combinations, yep. and then you just What's spend your time going through what you would do and all those things. Well, I mean, just take like let's say you have three: one, two, three; one, three, two; two, three, one, two, one, three. Four <laughs> hours later. <laughs> three, three, one, seven. <laughs> three, one, two, three, two, one. So you have three, then you have six combinations, <laughs> right? For, th- for three, and then you add four into that. I mean, I'd have to. Okay. Anyway, I don't know what popped my head. I'd have to figure it out. They should have gone over every possible scenario because there's not that many actual 
logical scenarios that could have been used one through five. What I want to happen is the Broncos have the number one pick, and John says, we had no idea this guy was going <laughs> to fall to us. <laughs> Five-digit combinations. Let's see here. No, no, no. <laughs> we do, no, we don't, we I, w- I want math. That's why I tune into this podcast. So 120. Okay. That's even that is yeah. and there's not actually a real 120. Right. Like you could have eliminated a few. Basically, you could have eliminated anything that didn't have Baker Mayfield number 1 based on the indications you were getting from Cleveland and John At least Dorsey. in the last few days, like right. you should have got like the point is your job is to cover everything. Yep. Your job is to know what you would do in any scenario, especially when you're at 5. When you're at 20, Anything can happen. Yep. So maybe you do like, okay, well, we'll eliminate this many. But you're at five. Every scenario should have gone through your mind. You taking score, scorekeeper? About what? Oh, Just this oh conversation. God. Next yeah. one from, coming in from the Manning-faced God. Hey, guys. So after hearing the pod yesterday, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Mace. I'm usually on the same page with you when it comes to the Broncos. But how can you not want Tom freaking Brady on your team? Because I don't want Tom Brady in decline. I want Tom Brady from five years ago, and I don't think that Tom Brady's coming back. Now, I want to start by saying I hope we don't sign another quarterback as a Band-Aid because I really want Drew Locke to be our next quarterback, or we go draft someone in the upcoming draft. But if we were to somehow sign TB12, I'd be 100% okay with that. Here are the reasons. One, he would instantly be the best quarterback we've had since 2016. I'd say 15. We could easily win 10 games with Brady as the quarterback. Also, Drew Locke could learn from him, which is what Elway wants, right? The Favre-Rogers method. Two, I don't think Brady would be as expensive as he was stated in the pod. He's always taking discounts in New England, and I'm sure he would do the same here in Denver, especially if he knows he can make the team better by re-signing players like Chris or Justin. I'm sure they they would take a discount as well. Three for Mr. B. Four, yes, Brady's stats have fallen, but it's a risk that should be taken. Amen. Just like when Elway took a risk on Peyton Manning, who had four neck surgeries, couldn't grip the ball, and had to teach himself how to throw again. I think we would be okay. Let's not forget the experience factor as well. How old was Peyton? How old would Tom Brady be? Five was 36, Brady be 43. Also, Peyton wasn't a risk. Five, with Brady in Denver, all the free agents would definitely come, just like Ware, Tlaib, Sanders, and Ward did. Now... Again, I hope Drew Locke is our quarterback for the future. I'm definitely not opposed to signing TB12. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hey, you should be happy with this. Someone agree with you. I've one person. Well, two now. Uh, yeah, I got I mean, scorekeeper on my team, too. That, it's honestly one of the biggest no-brainers I could imagine. <laughs> you have a chance to get the best player uh, at the best position of all time. Do you get him? Yes. <laughs> best he, pl- but are you getting Tom Brady as he was, or are you getting Joe Namath or John Unitas at the end of his career? But you still do it because of the chance that you have of just it working. Right, exactly. And the term GOAT is thrown around a lot just in casual with the millennial generation. But he really is the GOAT. Yep. He's the greatest of all time. I'm looking for the next GOAT. That's cool. I want. They've been doing. They've been trying. Count Locula. (laughs) I admittedly oft find myself smitten with Mace's quotidian quips and quotes. Yesterday's juggernaut from our Broncos Oracle, quote, more than a bridge, less than a long-term answer, unquote, hit me as if I were a tackling dummy and his words were Al Wilson circa the 2000 season. So I had to look them up to see if he had canonized the passage anywhere. Turned out this is the Merriam-Webster definition for purgatory, a venue in which we Broncos fans have been living since 2015. Please, John, just let us suck so we can be good. Give Locke the freaking keys to your precious Nissan Pulsar that you keep attempting to repair. That is all. Good night, Jugdish. Love the count. Did you just call the Broncos a Nissan Pulsar? <laughs> well, you know, at one time they were a Honda Element, Jake Plummer's car. 
Mm. You could get you from A to B, maybe looked a little bit unsightly, but got the job done and was and represent reliable transportation. God, I would give anything to have Jake Palmer be the quarterback of this team uh, right now. Oh, is, it, is a Nissan man. Pulsar better than a Pinto? I think it's less likely to uh, get to explode when you hit the gas tank. So what about a, that. What about a Volkswagen <laughs> Golf? That's good. Was it's it really a reliable. problem with the golf? No, it's I don't reliable. think so. It's a reliable car. You would be a golf guy, right? I like golf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about a um, El Camino? Ooh. Gran Torino. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next one's from Kyle America. With all the ammunition talk, is it possible? I don't know where this is going. <laughs> is it possible? Well, it's like gun. This was an analogy we had yesterday. <laughs> it's toxic. Is it possible Elway wanted to test the aim of Skangs before giving him the prize, Drew Lock? Hey, you got to make no, sure. No, Drew Glock. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Wow. That's good. That is good. I can't believe I missed that. Drew Glock. Well done. Um, is it possible that he wanted to make sure that Skangs wouldn't ruin him? No, I think no. the whole point was to put them together. Yeah. Yeah. But a good pun anyway. <laughs> it was. Next one coming from the homes list. Hey, guys, I know the consensus draft pick for this year would either be quarterback or offensive line. I was just curious what you guys would think if we drafted a cornerback instead. If we don't re-sign Chris, we don't have a true number one corner on the team. But around our current draft spot, I think we have a really good chance of snagging Jeff Okunda. From Ohio State? Okuda. 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 Thank Okuda you. Matata. <laughs> he has had comparisons to Ramsey, Pat, Pete, etc. as it just seems like a perfect transition for him to come in and take the number one spot. Would you guys take the risk of passing up on a potential player like that, or do y'all still have faith in some of the younger guys? Well, I think part of it is how much do you like the, the tackles in the draft? And if you haven't addressed left tackle in free agency, then I think the depth is there if you're sitting there at 10 or 11 I think you're going to get one of those quality tackles there. And I think Okuda, he's good. I guess, I feel like there's an Okuda every year, and I feel like there's going to be better cornerback drafts than this. So I think the other thing you have to consider is, the I mean, the defense, even if you lose Chris Harris Jr., should still be pretty good. The O-line, if you can't fix left tackle, it's going to remain a disaster. Very true. So Very Okuda. true. Matata. Yeah, Akuda. that's good. Right? And I don't like picking for knee, but I also I look at Akuda and I look at Tristan Wirfs and okay, who's the better player? I'm going with Wirfs. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one. You got that one, Mace? Yeah, sure. Iceman. Hey, boys. A tad depressed today, and the pod helped a lot as always. Thank you to missing RK and also hoping it turns out 27-24 Allen over Cousins go Broncos. Well, thank you. We're glad that uh, we helped you through your day there, Iceman. Really appreciate it. We love you, Iceman. And, yep, Ryan's back, so brighten your day even better. From SandMonkey27, good day, gents. Got some housekeeping things to catch up on during the bye. One, A.J. Johnson is a beast, and I'm hopefully getting his jersey this offseason. He is a stock worth buying. Should the Broncos uh, try to extend him as soon as possible, or well, is his value too high right now? I think you can wait a year. Okay. Um, two, what happened to T.J. Ward in Denver? Was there anything behind the scenes? No, they just they patriots him. Yep. They got they rid did. of him before he was right. bottomed out. And, and it and was Justin you, Simmons' time. Yeah, and if you watch T.J. Ward when he went to Tampa Bay, he didn't look like he had anything left in the tank down yep. there. Yep. Three for Mr. B. Four, honeycomb cereal is some of the best around. <sighs> it is good. It, it's, it's underrated. It is, but it's missing something from a texture standpoint. It doesn't – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking for more there. I mean, I'm not Never saying it's it. in the category of Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes or you know, Captain list, Crunch sorry. or Peanut Butter Crunch, but it's not bad. I mean, I'd call honeycomb a second-tier cereal. I still have a hot pocket in my freezer uh, for when we got 
them for Zach, and he ate one of the two. <laughs> and we have company in town this weekend, and I'm just like, man, I hope no one looks in the freezer and sees that we have Hot Pockets in here. They're just going to judge us. I thought you were going to take the opposite route and offer it to them. Oh, that's that's a good – yes. <laughs> just, like, get the elephant out of the room before <laughs> right. they, ju- they ju- can judge me for it. Well, we have to do more on-camera pods as we get to the off-season, and then we can actually eat Hot Pockets on camera. Yes, Zach can do it again. We'll eat a lot of things on camera in the off season. Well, the best part is if we do it over at the at in my office in Wash Park, I've got a kitchen just down the hall from my office in the basement, so we can just microwave it right there, bring it over, bring, <laughs> Look at that. bring it there, and eat it. That's a slight flex from May saying, uh, sharing that he lives in Wash Park. Sorry. Um, five, Philly fans are pretty bad. As a Phillies fan and a Flyers fan, I have some authority <laughs> to say this. We're laughing because uh, the uh, – the resident Philly fan in our office, Allie, oh, has just come in. Look at this. Hey, it's afternoon. Oh. Look at this. It is afternoon. I thought you guys still have like 10, 15 more questions left. We so. do. Beer? You are too nice. I'm Thank good. You. I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. Mace has been drinking beer all morning already. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. I'll go Breck Lager. Let me just, let me just give the people the sounds Shit. of an early weekend. Boom. It's Thursday. To everyone on the live, I am sorry for their levels. They love to scream. We're happy. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, team how, that how we cover is three and six, happy? and we're enthusiastic. <laughs> I think Mace. you should sit there. That's Cheers. what people were saying. They were like, no worries. Just glad I didn't have any headphones on. The people next door in my other office may care, but I don't. Love that they're happy. But still, I'm very sorry. Forget Karen in the cubicle right next to you. <laughs> there we go. All right, we're going on as we roast Allie for being a Philly fan. Um, he says, tailgated the World Series when the Phillies played the Yankees and watched a crowd of people boo and throw beer cans at a dad grandpa. What's a dad grandpa? I don't know. <laughs> at a dad and a don't, grandpa? Don't I don't have to be oh, a dad, a dad to no, be a grandpa? It's a missing comma. Because he says a dad, he means to say a dad, comma, oh. grandpa, and kid going to the game. So it's three generations. I know okay. a lot of people wish they could be. I see nothing wrong with this behavior. A lot of people wish they could be grandpas without being dads. I don't think so. Yeah, but, a lot of people but, are like, uh, yeah, I can't wait for wait, my wait, 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 hold on. Skip the <laughs> beer cans, isn't that I'm kind of beyond the, ca- the pale, especially? I almost said kale, by the way. <laughs> beyond the pale, especially with a kid involved. Yeah, yeah oh, don't, throw, don't yeah, throw projectiles. That's crossing the yeah. line. That does cross the line a little bit. Uh, he says, I went to the Broncos-Eagles game two years ago and walked out in the third by myself. It was rough. I was there, too. Six, I went to one of the Broncos uh, – I went to one Broncos game in Denver since I'm from central Pennsylvania. It was Sunday night game in 2015 against the Packers. It was the best sports experience I've ever had, plus the offensive – well, plus the best offensive and one of the best defensive performances that year. Broke Aaron Rodgers for about ten games or so. Oh, Allie wants to get in again. <laughs> It's not just Eagles fans. Broncos fans can be that way. I went to the Eagles-Broncos game at Mile High uh, five years ago now. 2013. Chip 2013. Kelly was just barely into the job. And Broncos the Broncos destroyed that. the Eagles. I was uh, in the 500 section. And I was wearing a green shirt, not even an Eagle shirt. And I was getting booed at, things thrown at me. They were beating the Eagles like 50 to 20. And they were still freaking out. So it's not just Eagles fans. All NFL fans can be that way. Honestly, maybe have the Bronco maybe fans ever booed Santa Claus though? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> they should. Um, they booed Jay Cutler, who is from Santa Claus, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So basically, yeah. Um, 
you know what? I think Rockies fans and Nuggets fans should be more like that, and then maybe their stadiums would stop getting taken over mm. by other teams' fans. Although I do remember the Rockies' divisional series game against the Phillies back in 07 when they completed the sweep, and there were some Phillies fans in our section, and they were getting it pretty harshly from Rockies fans that night. Good. Yeah. <laughs> all fa- Here's the thing. is All fan bases have... Like, bad apple isn't even a good enough word. All Sociopathic elements. Bad people. It's true. <laughs> Remember that guy who was trying to rob that bank in that Broncos jersey? Have you seen that video? No, recently? Yes. He's, or he's wearing a Broncos shirt. He goes into – he goes or he's robbing a store. You can't really tell what it is. He goes to pull out the gun, fumbles it over the desk, and so then the person behind the desk grabs the gun and points <laughs> it at him, and he runs out the other way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Monte Ball esque, right? <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> damn! All right, who's got the next one? I have well, no, no idea. We're, we're actually. Uh, oh, are we still going on here? You need to get to. Uh, oh, okay. number seven, obviously for Elway. Number eight, that's where we left. Was off. listening since the OG intro, but finally to subscribe during training camp pro- promo. But so many times I wanted to subscribe just to get into the side debates that happen on the pod. If you haven't subbed, do it. You won't regret it. And eight, finally, Mo's Southwest Grill is better than Chipotle. Don't at me. Can't wait for the food y'all eat in the offseason. Um, you know what? Um, I, I guess I just had a bad experience at Mo's because I went to one in Midtown Atlanta a few years ago, and I wasn't impressed. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't stack up to Chipotle at all. Illegal Pete's, though. Whew. That's well, the choice stuff. Okay, That's so the, the best. best. Well, it's the fish, the, the fish burrito. That's what you have to get there. I actually I used to get that when it. I was a pescatarian. Very good. Mm, I very always good. get the fish burrito at Illegal Pete's. Always. I get the uh, steak and potatoes. We're giving them a lot of free advertising <laughs> right now. Um, going back to, if you haven't subbed, do it. You won't regret it. We've got a little competition going on in our company. It's between us three, but I've become more invested, especially since Mace is just killing both of us. I've become more invested in the... Uh, I am? Yep, you are. Damn, you're I didn't the, know that. See, now, 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 now you can't even sell yourself anymore. Zach and I have been milking our udders <laughs> for a couple of years now. <laughs> You've got a fresh dairy cow sitting there ready for, for milking. Um, anyway. That's a hell of an analogy you're there. You're making him blush with all this milk in the udder Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why that's like... Wow, do you want to go one step further? <laughs> just, just got, I mean, come on. I married into a Midwestern family. Now I'm visualizing all sorts of weird stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to move on as fast as possible. And if you haven't turned uh, this off yet, what we're going to say is use the code RK, Zach, or Mace. I honestly don't care who's you choose anymore. Um, Mace is the leader. I'm in second place. Zach is in third. Oh, there you go. There you go. There's my plug. Underdog. Help me out. Help me out. But at the same time, if you found this wonderful podcast, our wonderful site, because maybe you were listening to the old radio station, or perhaps I offered a recommendation of these fine gentlemen here (laughs) when said radio station went out of business, Mace is the code you want. I don't care who you choose. Here's what I need to do is I need to beat the Nuggets, and they are in first place right now. But we are catching up. Barely. They came out to a roaring lead, and I honestly almost threw in the towel, kind of like I am against Mace right now. But no, you guys came through, and we are right behind them. This is about the primacy of Broncos country in the Denver sports sphere because the Broncos, if with two consecutive losing seasons, likely on their way to a third, win this competition, 
in spite of the Nuggets and Avalanche being on the rise, getting all the buzz in the community, then this says that this is a Broncos town now and forever. There you go. So go use code RKZAC or MACE. Z-A-C. And help us win this thing. All right, next one comes in from Orange Crush. Who wants it? Hello, guys. New subscriber, longtime Broncos fan from Sydney, Australia. Welcome on board. Got into the Denver Broncos when I was about eight playing Madden video games and being a massive supporter of the Brisbane Broncos, a rugby club league. I'm now 29 and recently lived out my dream to see the Broncos live in 2017. Unfortunately, I got stuck with the Broncos absolutely stinking it up against the Bengals at home, and then Paxton Lynch's performance at Oakland, where he threw for 41 yards the entire game. Infamous, though. Infamous performance. The cry game. Yes. Oh, yes. However, this hasn't stopped me from waking up at 3 a.m. every game day to watch my team play. Anyways, guys, I'm slightly confused. Three weeks ago, we were all set on rebuilding this team after Kansas, Kansas City smacked us at home, led by Matt Moore. Only way to rebuild is through the draft. Now Mace wants us to give up three first-rounders for a quarterback no one knows will succeed at the NFL level. Still rebuilding through the draft. You we, just trading your capital. We won a game mm. against the bloody Browns at home by less than one possession. This team is still more than one quarterback away from contending, especially if Chris Harris leaves us in the offseason. Where do we actually think this team is at? That was a good comment, and actually I took the time to respond to him in the thread, and I'll read my response here. It said, as I mentioned in my piece after Sunday's game. couldn't wait to the podcast to defend himself. Exactly. Resigning Chris Harris Jr. along with Simmons and Wolf on a shorter deal is essential to the young quarterback plan. Fortify the defense to where you know it will be stout, accepting that you will have a young, cost-controlled quarterback and if this team has the right young QB, one that is capable of becoming a top-tier starter, they beat the Browns by a heck of a lot more than five points. They beat them by 15 or 20, perhaps, the way the rest of the team played. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to go against the quarterback play. You you cannot rebuild without the quarterback, so whenever you get the quarterback along the lines of the rebuild doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me, uh, and I don't really care what you give up to it because anything else you do is is irrelevant unless you have the quarterback. With that There's being a said, ceiling to it. That being said, you better go to the spread. And you better identify the right quarterback because uh, what uh, I completely I completely agree with you guys. Increase your chances of getting the right quarterback by putting in the right offense. Right, I completely agree with you guys. But what Orange Crush may say is Baker Mayfield. Look at him. If if you traded three first round picks to get him, and this is what you're stuck with, so that's just a counter. Baker isn't the problem. He is a, he is one of the problems right now because of all of the other problems. But he's way down the list of their problems right now. Right. It starts with his facial hair. It starts with losing losing culture is what it starts with. All right, from Olekaspar? Nailed yes. it in my book. All right. Hey, guys, long-time subscriber, but first-time commenter. I'm a Norwegian Broncos fan from Oslo, Norway, but I'm currently based in Shanghai doing an exchange semester for my master's degree. That is wow. World traveler. Really cool. Uh, getting Got into American football a few years ago, and as my father did his degree at University of Denver, there could only be one team for me. Go Pios. Hopefully, the days of showing up to lectures on Mondays tired and sad after pulling an all-nighter with the Broncos providing its weekly dose of disappointment will soon come to an end. Yes, I hope that for you as well. What are the chances of Denver being scheduled to play in London sometime soon? Do I need to pull for the Chargers to relocate, or is there hope for one of our regular season games to be moved? I'm also willing to die on the hill that Norway has the best tap water, especially after experiencing the water quality here in China. I am actually not surprised that Norway would have excellent tap water. You get, you know, it's sort of like Colorado. Trips from got, the Alps. Well, the Alps are Central Europe. 
that's it, Norway History is up in lesson, or geography lesson. But you have, you do so have to go one way, right? You do have the snow, the snow <laughs> building up on the mountains, coming down through all the stre- all the streams and all that. I, I would say Norway is probably top five tap water globally. I would expect based on the climate. Why don't you send us some? Exactly, <laughs> right off the Alps. <laughs> no, it's not the Alps. The Alps Mace, are the Norwegian Alps are one of the most famous mountain ranges in the world. I think I think you actually mean straight from Nepal. It just drips from <laughs> Nepal right or, off or of Mount Mount Everest. Mount, yeah. <laughs> we need actually some of that. I, I, maybe not. It may be too many. I just figure every, all the water comes from the Alps. <laughs> it's in Europe, Alps. <laughs> Anyways, Scandinavian mountains. <laughs> what do we got here? What's the range called? Well, I'm looking it up right now here. Let's Anyways, see the chances of, I think the chances of the Broncos playing in London are extremely oh, high. Very high. I was nodding my head the whole time. Yeah. I, I would say next year there's a yep. better than average chance of that. But here, let's say the Chargers do move to London, and obviously they keep denying that, but they denied they were moving to Los Actually, Angeles from San Diego. Actually, they said total effing BS. Right. Well, mm. they – then they Spanos, let, uh, and I've never felt more confident that it's probably going to happen. Then they let Leonardo DiCaprio do the talking for him on Twitter. Yes, they did. Do you see the post they they put? They had the clip oh, from Wolf of I'm Wall Street. Leaving, yeah. 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 They they edited out the f bombs. They didn't edit <laughs> out the middle fingers. So literally, you can do. I have a screen capture from the Chargers feed of some guy giving me the double bird. <laughs> the Chargers feed has given us some gifts, I'm starting not, with PF Chang's. I'm not going to lie. I didn't admit this on the pod yesterday, Mace. I thought that gift was put out about the Chargers like winning a game and they're like not done with this season yet. But no, it was about them not leaving their city. A great job. The problem is they ha- they're like a you know, an NFL team spends a lot of money on social media. Our own Adam Mades did the exact same video, but he put Tim Connolly's face on it when Tim Connolly didn't leave for the Wizards. He he put the extra work in. He put yeah. Connolly's face on the, the Chargers couldn't go and put Spano's face on it. I was gonna say, who are you gonna put? Tom Teleska? I mean, even though he's my buddy. Your buddy. But, <laughs> yeah. but let's say they realign. Said the, Tom the, to let's go to, to let's, London. To yeah. Well, if they stay in the AFC West, it's every year. If they move to another AFC division, it's at most once every six years or so. What's up? Yeah, that's just what we need—a longer podcast. <laughs> Oh, mm. uh, second round. Yep. Petition to have a high school draft for losing college football teams. Then we thought, what's up, guys? RK's actually here. Then we thought, Damn. Someone saying lager. Come on, guys. It's noon. A lager is a breakfast beer. Is that person is that person from Wisconsin talking about breakfast beer? That's the first place I've ever heard really, of beer for breakfast. Do you have a microphone? He, he didn't go full Cortland or uh, Demarius Thomas. He's the question, real quick, was can you guys uh, assess whether or not Von Miller's vegan diet has affected his play? He's not vegan. Yeah, he's not vegan. He, he even said, I'm a chicken guy. Yeah. I've been a chicken guy for nine years. He raises his own chickens. He literally eats the chickens that he's he's raising. He, now, he's, now, he's big on the whole, like, organic farming thing, and he's got that's the setup that he's got down in Texas. But, uh, no, he's – Definitely not vegan. Yep. And some people say that um, like vegan substitutes taste like rubber. But unfortunately, Denver Rubber Company doesn't make <laughs> vegan substitutes. But they do pretty much make anything else 
that is rubber base. So make sure you check them out. They're a local business, and local business is in our blood here at DNVR. They've been doing it since 1972. They're doing custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses. And now that snow is coming, they are your go-to for anything involved with snow plows, whether it's your blades or anything you need. If you're a snowplow person, you know what it is you need. They'll do it custom fit the best that you can imagine. So make sure you check out drcfirst.com slash dnvr or call them at 1-800-259-0010. Oh. oh, it was Henry. Oh. <laughs> Talking about some breakfast Wouldn't surprise brews. me. Next one coming in from the opposite way of Montana, H-Town Bronco. So I just heard from Cliss that supposedly Locke will start the last two games. What? Only two games? Face palm. I guess it was Lockmas all along. The way Mike Cliss said it, it wasn't that Brandon Allen is likely going to start the next five games. It said it's possible that he starts the next five games. And... We've been saying it for the last couple of weeks now. The key moments in this process are week 13 and week 16 because those are the home games. Chargers and then week 16 against the Lions. If Brandon Allen plays well and the Broncos say go 1-1 one and one in the next two games, Allen's going to start against the Chargers and probably through that Houston-Kansas City road trip barring injury. If Allen struggles, Drew Locke comes along on the practice field, they'll throw him out there against the Chargers in week 13. Simple as that. If you're watching on Periscope, you really understand Mace's take on this. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I just got a DM from our guy, Tim Wenz, who said, I'm the breakfast beer guy. And he's actually friends with Hank's dad. So pretty close. There we go. Pretty close to being Hank. Um, Next one here comes in from CO Snow Monster. Says, hey, guys, I love the podcast. I'm a lifetime Broncos fan and a Mizzou alumnus. After hearing Mace effortlessly rattle off Broncos history, I remembered a question that I have had for a long time. It is from the 1987 AFC Championship Committee. You're not kidding you've had that question for a long time. <laughs> what is that? Uh, 32 years? Yeah. It's before we were we last. Nearly 32 years because it was January 1988. One year for every snap Juwan James has had this, this <laughs> season. Um, against the Browns in Denver, of course, it was the fumble. I was 12 years old and was super lucky that I got invited to the game. During the pregame festivities, there was a number of skydivers that were landing in the stadium. Wow, they've been doing that for 32 years. For special games, they did it back then, yes. (laughs) Um, Many of them were carrying flags. There was one skydiver carrying the Stars and Stripes, one with the Colorado State flag, one with with the Broncos flag, and one with the Browns flag. The guy carrying the Browns flag completely missed the stadium. <laughs> wow. I'm sure this was planned, and I've searched the internet to see if there's any mention of this. I can find nothing. With your personal knowledge and access to the Broncos staff, I was wondering if anyone there remembers this and can confirm that it was planned for the Browns flag to sail past the stadium. Also, I was wondering if you guys knew of any of the other subtle snubs the Broncos have given to other visiting teams. Keep up the amazing coverage. This one, I can say, is a <laughs> bit beyond Mace's knowledge. I don't know this. There are a couple of people I will ask about this probably in the next few days to try to get to the bottom of this. I doubt it was planned, though. There I can was see 2,000 words coming from Mace. Well, no, <laughs> but there was an interesting thing that happened in AFC championships right around that time. Not always, but sometimes. Like when the Broncos played the Browns in Cleveland, the game of the drive, January 11th, 1987. Did you know that one of the end zones had Broncos written in it? Wow. Really? Yes. That for AFC championships, sometimes they'd have one end zone that said the home team, one that said the road team. Oh, that's messed up. 
I actually believe that's like putting Joe Flacco on a banner outside of your stadium. I actually believe for the 1977 AFC Championship when the Broncos beat the Raiders 20 to 17, that one end zone said Raiders. Now Oof. they now this stopped actually with the game of the fumble in Denver in January of '88. But there were always things that were done to kind of make the road team feel at home a little bit, give them kind of a a salute for making it that far, which is why I think that the brown skydiver, the the one with the brown flag, if he if he missed the stadium, I highly doubt that was intentional. That's I mean, hilarious, though. It Things is hilarious. Weren't quite as scientific right. back then. I can totally <laughs> see that not being on. Purpose. I just imagine him missing the stadium and like hitting the side of it, and then just hanging there, oh, or God. hitting the what used to be the uh, Red Lion Inn now is a right like the studio turntable turn yeah. yeah. studios. Yeah. Not yes. dying in like a choking way, just like dangling there, just kind of sitting there yeah. like that guy we were talking about was the sign for five oh two. Right. Um, no, that's good. That was a good question, though. That is quite yeah. the memory, and I'm, I can't believe it's taken you 32 years <laughs> to ask Mace. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't – what was I doing 32 years ago? I was a kid. I was watching the Bucks. So. Same. Although I did watch, oh, wait. I did I watch that it, game. I wasn't alive. <laughs> yes. This one from Rob. Mace, on the pod yesterday, you guys discussed the Chargers moving to London and possibly NFL teams starting up in Germany as well. Whoa. In, Talking about German NFL teams now? We talked. Well, I said that the yeah. next the, one of the next places the NFL needs to play games if they add cities to their map in Europe is Germany. What about Australia? You want to Australia be good, but I think with Germany, remember Frankfurt and Dusseldorf and even Hamburg supported NFL Europe pretty well. Oh right. So if you're going to go to a part of Germany, that's the part you want to go to. You don't really want to go to Berlin. You don't want to go to Munich in Bavaria. And I think that area would be next to at least get a one-off game here and there. Might as well take them everywhere. Another spot, I, well, another spot I said was Scotland. There's also there's a good groundswell of, of American football, football support in They've Scotland as well. They've got some college football games in Ireland. Yes, in Dublin. Yep. Aren't they doing another one next year? Yep, Nebraska's going to be there. Oh, wow. Another case of Nebraska Ooh. bringing a ton of people to a place to – Lose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. In my opinion, the Chargers to London move is a bad one because there are so many Americans that move there temporarily for work. They'd have the same problem there that they do in L.A. And we kind of discussed this a little bit. People in England and Europe, they have their loyalties, and they're not going to flip a switch tomorrow and support a local team in London. Thousands of them are listening right now. They're not just going to become Chargers fans after (laughs) hating them all this time. Exactly. So – it would be similar. I think there's a, that's a good point there. With the potential for teams in London, Germany, and across Europe, what do you think about NFL Europe being a feeder league to the NFL? The team names would be the same, and they could loan players like they do in soccer. Players that prove themselves in Europe could advance to the same pro team in the NFL. Chargers London to Chargers LA would be an actual minor league with NFL support. More importantly, what are your thoughts on Mike Judge and idiocracy? We'll get to that in a moment. Real quick. But the NFL Europe thing, because it failed, and there was some support, like, you had teams, for example, there was a team in London, the London Monarchs, and then they became the England Monarchs. The first year they drew well, then it tailed off. And I have some family over in England on my mom's side, and something that a couple of people mentioned to me was that they watched NFL football in the fall on Sundays, and they knew that what they were getting wasn't quality. They knew it wasn't big mm-hmm. league. They knew it was minor league. Like this isn't as good as watching the Bears play the Cowboys on Sunday. That's fair. Um, 
I'm I'm down for anything involving minor leagues if it also involves relegation. That's what that's what American sports needs. Is yeah, relegation. promotion and relegation. How this awesome would, make, would that be? This would make the back half of the season far more interesting. Exactly, and, and no one's tanking. Ha- no right. one's tanking. Exactly. Right. Takes tanking right out of the equation. Well, if the yeah. NFL ever expands by four teams to 36, you could have an NFL 1 and an NFL 2 and promotion and relegation up and down between the two. Wouldn't that be awesome? I dream of promotion and relegation in American sports. Maybe I should write about that because I actually have this written down, an entire scheme that means everyone in the second tier could still make the Super Bowl. Oh, there's a there's a bracket. Mm-hmm. You get like it's four. Got a winners and losers like, bracket? Basically, four playoff spots are reserved for the top four teams in the second tier. Right. They got hot. Some rookie started dominating. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyway, Mike Judge and Idiocracy. It's brilliant. Do you guys ever see it? Yes, I watched it because of our commenters. It's the second movie I've ever watched because of our commenters. It's one of those things that the idea of it is genius. The execution of it is not great. It gets uneven, but... When you think about films that take a look at the future, I hate to say it, but that's the, the one closest. that's probably the closest to where we're going. Yep. You guys didn't sell me on seeing it right there. You need to see it for perspective. Maybe watch it like before the next election night. <laughs> okay. Well, I would actually say before the next election night, watch Bob Roberts. Don't know what that is. It's a mockumentary. Tim Robbins plays a senatorial candidate in Pennsylvania, and I think it's set in 1990. And it's probably – it's. One of the basically just kind of it's it's kind of prescient in terms of what it foretold regarding where our elections have gone. Highly recommend. Speaking Bob of Roberts. elections, really quick, sports betting will now be legal in Colorado, and that's like a, a whole off-season podcast, probably. Oh yeah, but oh yeah, I think for our but, little company that gives us some opportunities if we mine them correctly. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever mine anything incorrectly? No. <laughs> All right, next one's from Nick Cox. We're going to skip that one. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> hey, now. Then <laughs> um, the next one comes in from Sir James Radio. He says, it's a bye week. Let's have some fun. Name one current and one former Bronco player that would best transition into other Denver sports franchises. And we actually yeah. debated this on the Denver sports podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. I took Nicole Jokic to be the quarterback of the Broncos. Because of the cross-court throw? I mean, everything. Mm. Like, I'm 100% convinced this would actually work. But you got to run the spread. <laughs> Wait, Todd Helton was an actual quarterback behind mm. Peyton Manning at Tennessee. No lefties. No lefties. Oh, come on. Um, Nicola stands. Actually, you have him go a little further back so he has a little more time. And he can throw the ball super far and he can see really far. So he goes in like a seven-yard shotgun and just sits back there and just diagnoses and just flips the ball wherever he wants. Are we counting players that were in the minor league systems of the teams? You could do it. You cannot wow. take Russell Wilson Damn for it. the Broncos. <laughs> 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 yeah. you, you can have Kyle Parker if you want him. I'd rather Seth have Todd Smith, Helton. Todd Helton. I'd rather, I'd rather have Todd Helton. Because uh, I figure he'd be around Peyton, he'd get some tips, and he'd be all right. Fair enough. You guys got any other candidates? Well, I... I FC Denver, I like, by the way. That'd be a better name than, I think, the Colorado Rapids. Kind of like the Rapids as a name. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't work. The Pids, for short? The Pids? That's, That's terrible. what they're called. <laughs> I know, and it's terrible. I like, FC, I like FC Denver, FC Colorado, something like that. Champ Bailey is probably the best athlete that I've covered with the Broncos. And How does he translate? If he, well, no, I'm just saying if he'd started playing soccer when he was 10 or 11 years old right. rather than football— 
I, his natural athleticism, I think he would have been a world-class soccer player. Think what about a, Nikola Jokic headering the ball. And <laughs> I just want Nikola playing every sport. What about Trevor Story? I'm worried about Nik- Jokic's middle uh, linebacker fitness. For I was thinking even wide receiver. I mean, he's mm. like he's, Eric he's, Decker, right? No, what about, no he's what about way more. Like what about Aaron Otto at wide receiver? Just look how look look how he stabs the ball. He's so slow. <laughs> His foot speed His is acceleration. But he would he would need no separation to make a catch. He could just pluck it. Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. said Arenado for goalie, which actually that mm, got that, me excited. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but a good question. We actually if you want to hear more discussion about that, go listen to yesterday's The Denver Sports Podcast, Allie. So shout out to Anthony and Joseph who either don't have jobs or don't like their jobs <laughs> who have turned into the whole entire uh, stream on YouTube. We love you, Anthony. We love you guys. Men. Thank you. Um, the one question was, do you think the Broncos will target wide receiver in wide res- in uh, free agency or the draft? And they have no choice. We went over it in the first segment. They only have one wide receiver yeah. on the whole team right now. Yeah, I would say the drafts day two, somewhere day two. I wouldn't be surprised if Once you again. got them to trade back into the first round at the sure. end of it to sure. get another wide receiver. Yep. What have you done on the offensive line at that point, though? Like Who knows? Um, next one's until from... You've, until you've addressed O-line, I think that's a luxury item, in my opinion. From Bumpy Buffalo, Zach wants TB12 and Mace wants Breeze. Who wants Tebow? Nobody. I guess it only leaves me. <laughs> I want Tebow. I'm I mean, a... it'd be more entertaining than anything we've seen this Give year. Give me Tim Tebow at any point. I... Would happily accept him. Oh, my gosh. Next one coming in from Onion Booty Bronco. Hey, guys, it's Booty. Oh, no, this is Mace. M- uh, Mace gets have, Onion Booty Bronco exactly and Count Locula now. Because apparently Onion Booty is capable of some wordplay of his own. Oh, I read saw. that comment yesterday. Impressive yep. stuff. Yeah, yes. It was, it was uh, a heck delicious. of a debut, by the way. Uh, by Onion. Miss you, Colin for Mullins. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Booty. I'm fresh off the jury of a fantasy football impeachment trial where our commissioner was found guilty of capital negligence, invasion of privacy, and treason. Not only had Commissioner Dubell failed to select the draft order and supply even one power ranking this year, he published a slew of private trade negotiations in a deplorable act of anarchy coined Doobie Leaks. And here's the kicker. A separate league for which he is commissioner has also put him on trial for the same gross indecencies. With his mother in our league, shout out Team Gorski, one would think her wayward son would govern with at least some semblance of decorum. SMH. His saving grace, however, is a draft day poem he wrote in August, which is really quite lovely. And he does host the awards gala in a tuxedo and with the aplomb of Michael Scott. Shout out to the Dundies. Yes. So my unrelated but dire non-Broncos question is this. What in the world do we do with this man? Send him to the gallows or give him a second chance at commish? Send him into the sun. (laughs) How about the stocks? I like this. I'm I'm a fan of the stocks. You know, put them out there. You know, have a little public embarrassment. Tarred and feathered. Wow, that's rough. (laughs) During uh, that comment, I thought this Breck Brew was like a 20% beer where this was going. I I feel like um, you should have to pay for what just happened on Cameo. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's going to clip this and send it to his fantasy league. He's like, look, I got Mace to read this. (laughs) Anyway, my Broncos-related question is this. How does Coach Fangio rank in your eyes on a scale of Josh McDaniels to Vince Lombardi? From my concrete nest in New York City, I see a coach who, no matter how down and out his team is, 
brings poise and good humor to his press conferences and has shaped the defense of misfits into ballers. In John Gruden's voice, I really like this Coach Fangio guy, Why don't you man. give us that, Zach? I can't do it on command. I really like this. No. <laughs> I really like this Coach. I really man, like I'll this Coach you, Fangio, you man. I'll, I'll tell you really, what. I really like this Coach Fangio guy, man. Nice oh, there you. it is. There it is. Yours, Onion Booty Bronco. Okay. What was there was a, there was the, another thing? No, the the question was about where does Vic Fangio rank on in your eyes on a scale of Josh McDaniels to Vince Lombardi? Um, his name is closer to Vince Lombardi. Ooh, if true, that means true. anything. I think if he works out, he's Chuck Knox. Teams that had <laughs> stout defenses for the most part. I hate to say it, but they never quite got over the hump. Actually, because the Rams were terrific for. Chuck Knox's time there, but they couldn't get over the hump and make a Super Bowl, and they actually did a couple years later with Ray Malavasi. That's a Knox on his resume. <laughs> yeah, but but Knox had three successful rebuilds, even though they didn't go all the way. The Rams were kind of struggling when he got there, turned them around, made them a playoff team right away. The Bills, it took three years for him to get them to a playoff level. Then he went to Seattle in 1983. The Seahawks had never made the playoffs to that point. Hey, Mason. They went all the way to the AFC Championship. As much as I really want to hear about Chuck Knox's resume, i got to be somewhere soon, so we got to keep moving. <laughs> okay, but I'm saying that's best-case scenario, Chuck Knox. I'd say right now on the McDaniels to Lombardi scale that Vic Fangio is... On pace for a Vance Joseph season. <laughs> no, he's, uh, yeah. he's Dick Jerron. Yeah, that, that all I can say is, Mace, that, that comparison won't make anyone Chuck whole. Oh. Chuck Knox was a good coach. And I just had to get a pun in. That was the next one is from Ballin Nick Cast, and this is the last one. Hey guys, first comment on the site, but I'm a huge fan of the pods. Thanks for all the work and keep it up. My question is in a couple parts. Lovely. Brittany Bowen is scheduled to join the team in some capacity in the very near future. One, how long until after she joins the organization will she realistically be named the next owner? I'm going to say five years. At minimum. Yeah, that's the – that's the. he said how long realistically. So, I actually, oh, realistically, probably eight years. Yeah. I actually think it's two and a half years. Woo. Wow. I think they, I think they want to get through Just the, long enough to get her into her 30s? No, I think they want to get at, through the CBA. Okay. That makes sense. I don't think we're gonna have a 31 year old owner of the Denver Broncos. 49ers had a young owner, hey, Jed look, York, all, and they got better with him. Everyone knows I'm all in on Brittany, but yep. I just I just think they're that the NFL is gonna be really weird about that. I think Dan Snyder bought Washington at 33. That's still two years older, that, and, and he's but also he's been a bad owner. Being honest, I, but he's I, a but white I, man. I think it's more Jed York than than Dan Snyder with Brittany Bowen. So I hope so. I mean, yeah, I hope so. far more. Me, Yep. Brittany Bowen is sitting in her dad's chair yesterday because everything else is just a waste of time until that point. Uh, and you're, it's like Drew Locke. It's the same thing as Drew Locke. Yeah. But I what think, are we waiting what are we for? With all yeah. this, all I you're doing is costing her practice. Uh, yep. All this, I think everything, ha I think it's get through the CBA, get the new CBA in place, and then I think you'd see something happen concrete. I look forward to that day, truly. Yep. Me too. Uh, two, is there any sort of confidence that she would be able and willing to hold John Elway accountable for his numerous failures over the past three and a half seasons? In my opinion, he deserves to be fired for his numerous draft blunders, his refusal to use a modern-day offense, and for the poor state of our organization. But I'm not optimistic at all that she'd be willing to make such a huge move like that. Thoughts? To be honest, if it's going to wait, what is it, three and a half, two and a half years? Yep. I think 
Brittany comes in at the same time John goes out. And how about that? It would make sense for Joe Ellis, too. Then he doesn't have to fire John Elway. He doesn't have to be that guy on his way out to fire John. They both just walk out at the same time as Brittany takes over. Yep. She it, pushes it, them out of the way as she goes through the double doors. But she doesn't even have to push them out the way. She just gets to open the double doors. Yep. To I think you, that'll happen. To use the office space parlance, it'll work itself out naturally. Yep. And this podcast has worked itself out naturally to the tune of probably right around two hours. So thank you guys for tuning in today. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all the interaction on Periscope. And Really quick, really quick. Chargers, one and a half point favorites oh going into Oakland. Uh, Give me the Raiders as the home dog. Give me the Chargers. Oh, God, I'll take the Raiders. Chiefs, five and a half point favorites at Titans. We don't know who the quarterback is. Chiefs, five and a half point favorites. It doesn't matter if Andrew Mason is the quarterback they're covering that. <laughs> me too. I agree. Oh, come on. It's not Why a dig, it's not a dig at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Kansas City. All right. Before we get out of here, I got to tell you guys about Drift Car Sharing. It's, it's too good to be true, except for that it's true. You can take your car to the airport, park it for free, go do your traveling. Someone else comes in, right, as you're kind of crossing paths, at, a la Brittany Bowen, John L.A., Joe Ellis. They go grab your car while you go to wherever you're going. Then you get paid for them driving your car around while you're just out traveling. Then they clean your car, make it all perfect. You come back, your car is cleaner than it was, your pocket is fuller than it was, and you didn't have to pay anything for parking on your way out. It's perfect, it's drift car sharing. Check out drivedrift.com to make some new money today. And that's gonna wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch up with you after after the at the beginning of the next week i was gonna say after the game then there's no game so it's after the bye week one day monday it is it's getting-